At CVS Health Hub, you can see a provider, fill a prescription, and grab what you need all in one trip, even on evenings and weekends. That's healthier made easier. Visit a CVS Health Hub today. Services vary by location. See cvs.com slash health hub for details. Hey, I'm David Eliku, and this is The Knowledge, a place for discussing big ideas and pressing issues. Each week, I'll be joined by a variety of incredibly interesting individuals for learnings, musings, and discerning chinwags on everything you need to know to navigate the world around you. This week, I'm joined by Claude Williams, a serial entrepreneur and founder of Dream Nation. In this episode, you'll hear us talking all about Claude's journey, the life cycle of an entrepreneur, managing mental health, values, vision, and legacy. You can find Claude on social media at Claude underscore Williams and at Dream Nation HQ. Please don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast and share this episode with anyone you think might find it useful. Okay, so how the story begins is back in 2013. Um, I was running, I think at the time would have been my fifth or sixth company, um, which was a marketing um, agency like doing some like brand work, web photography, video work with um, with like yeah medium to si- medium to large businesses, um, uh, and yeah the work was going nice, like winning some contracts, winning awards, all that sort of stuff. But I was massively unfulfilled by the work I was doing. Um, I remember, so we had a studio in the town centre up in Loughborough, um, which is where I used to work for mostly. And I remember waking up and going, like struggling to go to my own office and thinking that this is, this is silly. Do you know what I mean? It's like, if I run, if I'm literally the boss, like why am I forcing myself to have to work? So yeah, like I decided, let me take some, let me t- take some time off, actually do some soul searching. Um, I think that's when I pretty much got real serious about reading. Uh, I, yeah, I was, read a load of books that year but the first few books i read had a massive impact on me um those being the biographies of martin luther king of malcolm x and another book called think and grow rich uh yeah and then the the what i learned from the two book biographies was that these men they use their lives their skills their abilities to have such a huge impact on the world that i'm still benefiting benefiting from it for today and i thought to myself like that's the sort of legacy i'd like to leave behind as well mm-hmm. And then from Think and Grow Rich, like there's this throwaway line in the book. Like it's not like they mentioned it only two times. It's not a big deal, but it was just this idea of practical dreaming. And when I heard that, it like really, really resonated with me. And I thought to myself, okay, there's there's something that I can do with this. Uh, and that, and I guess another coincidence happened at Yale, which was asked to give a TEDx talk as well. Okay. Um, the experience was, I thought it was really cool. Uh, yeah, like really cool experience, but, there were things that I thought could be done better. And then I guess the last ingredient that happened was I found out that 2013 was going to be the fifth, the 50th anniversary of Martin Luther King's speech, I Have a Dream. So yeah, like one day it just kind of came to me of like, you know what, why don't I do an event on, on that day, which was the 28th of August, um, to celebrate the anniversary of the speech. Why don't I take all the ideas I had from how you could improve a TEDx event 
um and why don't i make the topic of the event practical dream and and go from there and yeah that was the first event for dream nation like i pulled it together i think it was like six seven days i gave myself um it was a madness but we sold out uh, about 100 100 150 people i think it was that actually came to that um i thought it was going to be like a one-off event uh like yeah literally there's something cool to do like i've just i bought in a load of the people that I admire, my mentors, my peers that are doing amazing things, had them share their stories, their lessons and kind of how they got to where they are today. And yeah, like I also live streamed the event as well. And yeah, I was going to leave it, go back to my business, like for, okay, back to my actual day job now. And yeah, what months kept on going by. Like I think it was like six, seven months had gone by and I kept on bumping into people at random places that had either attended it in person or watched the live stream. And they were telling me how how this event had such a huge impact on their lives and they had now gone on to to change their behavior or change the way they think or go after their goals in different ways and by like the time the seventh person actually came and said that to me i was like okay you know what there's something special here and i don't know how i'm going to make it work um because i didn't ever start dream nation to be a business i just wanted to, to impact people but i was like yeah i don't know how i'm going to make this work but i actually want to give this a shot like really dedicate myself towards actually impacting people's lives on this level and I'll, I'll i'll just trust god with the money side and we'll go from there and that was the beginning of dream nation it's an inspiring story from the perspective of knowing kind of what you've done with it since then but what was the journey like i guess beyond that so going from just having one event and you said we as well did you have a team at the time so i had a team yes but it's i guess the one thing about me is that I tend to be able to attract people to me when I'm moving towards a vision. So they weren't like team members, team members back then. Um, they were just friends that wanted to support in, in what I was doing. And yeah, they were massive because I've, I know I've got a mass load of weaknesses. Like I've got, there's a lot of stuff I'm good at, but there's a lot of stuff I'm crap at. So without the support of the, all the people I've had over the years, I would never be able to get where I am now. So what's been the journey, I guess, since then in terms so, of building and developing? Okay. So the so one thing that was interesting is at the time I was in conversations with my university um about working out a type of investment deal for what was then my media agency and when uh when I kind of decided that okay like I do want to take the stream nation thing forward I told them that I'm essentially not going to run this media agency anymore so we can't continue with that um with the funding however I have this thing that I'm about to do and do you want to do you want to actually invest in this instead and they were like yeah it sounds amazing let's do this so yeah the first step was yeah securing that funding um which definitely helped a lot um then the next step was okay like that event was cool that i did like 150 people and that was a top of some nightclub it was like whatever the content was great but the experience itself had a lot more that had to be improved on so i decided okay fine how do i elevate this to be yeah if if i want this to be one day considered the same level that people were thinking about ted's because that was the goal sort of the time how do i really elevate the brand in that way so yeah it was like finding a actual theater that we did our first event in um getting even more amazing people to come and be speakers and proving the structure of it like really just looking at the foundations of how do you elevate this to the next level uh, and I yeah, began to slowly build up a little bit more of an actual team around me as well around that time. So then, yeah, about a year later, actually on the exact same day, the 28th of August, we did the second conference um, that was at Clapham Grand, like a much bigger venue. The quality of it was way up there. Like we had, we began to bring in like 
speakers that people really had never even like they'd seen but they'd never heard from so I had um Sam Roddick who is a, a Paralympic athlete um for Team GB um that was also the year we brought in Patricia Bright as well um so at that time she she was big not as big as she is now but she was still very big and had a lot of lessons and success stories to share as well so it was just like really just kind of elevating the brand um really start to take the marketing a lot more seriously all of that uh, and then I guess the real key for me from that point was just always trying to listen to my audience. Mm. So a big piece of the feedback that we was hearing was people loved the conference. They loved what they was hearing, what they was learning, and it was still impacting their lives. But what they also said they loved was the community that I was able to bring together and that there wasn't enough time at the events to network. So my next thought was, okay, that if that's what people are saying, then how do I add something else to this to do, to actually create like a new, a whole new networking experience? And that's where the idea for the Dream Nation Gala was born. Um, so we launched that at the end of 2014. Um, the first one, in my opinion, it was an actual flop, in all honesty. Um, the guests that attended, like, they, I get positive feedback from them, but there was just so much that went wrong. Like, even the fact, like, I actually forgot my shoes, so I'm walking around the gala in the Converse's, you know what I'm saying? Um, it was a bit of a madness. Like, the organisation behind it was rubbish. Like, yeah, the food, the drink, this and that. It just wasn't, it just wasn't there. <laughs> yeah. um, but people had fun, so I knew that the basic concept was there in the sense of helping people to connect. Um, I also say I got very lucky and blessed in a sense of that was where, that was the event that also created that picture that went viral a few years back. Yes, um, yeah. The one with a uh, Southern like two lawyers, one doctor, one engineer, whatever, like just a bunch of girls, like young black girls rather, that were doing amazing things with their lives and their careers. But then you saw them like dressed up in such a beautiful way. But at the same time, being complete themselves, like they're throwing up gang signs, being silly, having fun. It's just like, people are like, where is this event? Like, how, like, what is this? How do I get a part of it? And that's, I think that really then took the popularity of the Dream Nation brand to a different level. Um, if if I'm honest with you, the, with the way that event flopped, I generally was thinking that I was going to quit the whole whole thing. I'm like, okay, no, I tried, but this ain't it. Um, but yeah, when that picture went viral, this really encouraged me like, okay, you know what? Like you're on the right pathway, things like it's not going exactly the way you want it to, but there is something here. Um, and I also had to be real with myself in the sense of there was a hell of a lot of stuff happening in my personal life. So I'd also literally within the month of the event coming up, uh, had like two massive bereavements in my family. So I had so much going on that I just didn't have what it took to really put it, pour it into the event. Um, and I also didn't have the structure of my team in place at that time as well. So yeah, I guess the next step was in really getting serious about, okay, there's only so much I can do by myself um, or do with uh, such a loose, uh, loose structure to the team. So I got serious about recruiting. Um, I recruited some really amazing and talented people to come and join, put a lot more structure to the vision. That's when we started to get more serious about creating content. So it had a, a really amazing editorial team putting out multiple pieces of content a week, which uh, at the time was something that people hadn't really seen. Um, I brought on an event manager who then went on to become a creative director and like as much as I laid like a good foundation she took it to a completely completely new level in terms of the way that the brand was perceived and yeah like obviously lots of other members of the team that also played just different roles in different ways and so by the time I did the next conference although I did it at the same venue um, the quality of it had like honestly multiplied um, the, by 2000 and I think this will be 2015 yeah the, no 2016 sorry the quality completely multiplied 
we also introduced another event to our annual lineup, which was our, our creative showcase, um, which was like a massive poetry slam. Uh, we gave like a thousand pound away to the um, the person who actually ended up winning the the the, the, um, the competition. Uh, and yeah, like Dest continues to really elevate on the idea. Um, by the time we did the next gala, we brought in Shaka, who was um, really hot at the time. Like we had taken it from being about the first gala was about seventy five people in the room um, to being four hundred people. Do you know what I mean? Um, completely new venue, beautiful, organized. Like it's everything on point. And yeah, just continue to really build on that vision for the next year or so. Um, and yeah, that's kind of where Dream Nation got to before it went on, on its hiatus, I guess. Mm. And the hiatus on that note, I guess, <laughs> mm -hmm. was that again more of a personal thing or was that a result of just reaching a particular scale or a point in the business development where maybe you needed to change or evolve in order to move forward? So the hiatus was, it was a, a number of factors, if okay. I'm honest with you. Um, the, I'll say firstly, it was very much so personal. Um, I had some even more like impactful things happen in my personal life that completely just knocked me off, if I'm honest with you. Um, by the end of 2016, like I was burnt out. Um, I was anxious. I was suffering from depression. Like things were just, I was not in a good space. I was, I did not have the ability to lead people at that time just because I wasn't okay on, uh, for myself. And the huge part of why I got to that stage was as much as Dream Nation had blown up and all these things were happening, it was looking amazing on the outside. Like I had, I hadn't built the right foundations for what the brand was becoming. And as a result, as it got bigger, it demanded more and more and more of me. And there's only so much you can give for so long. So that that led to, yeah, that's a lot of things breaking down. And yeah, I was one of those things that broke down, in all honesty. Um, so I guess what then happened was at the start of, um, start of 2017, I made some huge changes for my own personal life. Um, and I also told my team that, okay, we're going to take some time off just to really figure this all out really because like and also this is also the other key remember like i said earlier when i started dream nation i didn't have a plan as to what it was going to become um that meant that i i was massively ill prepared for what it did become and i also didn't have the type of direction and vision that i needed so yeah from 2017 until really 20 2019 yeah until september 2019 like i was just like okay you know what i don't care what people think i don't care what it looks like on the outside i'm going to take this time to Firstly, get myself to where I need to be, um, get myself right mentally, emotionally, physically, all of that, um, financially, everything, get it just on point. And then secondly, also using that time to just really make a good plan for what Dream Nation can become. Um, and not just of what it can become and what it should become, but also developing a strategy of how to get us there. And yeah, 20 by, by the end of 2019, like everything, I'd accomplished everything I set out to do. Um, I was good. Um, I'm still good. I'm ready to go. The company, the vision is so much clearer. The execution of that vision is so much more crisp, you could say. Um, like, yeah, like with way less people. Um, so truth be told, like my previous team was like, there's 20 plus of us um, working on Dream Nation, which honestly for where we were, what we were doing, way too many people. Um, now it's ultimately me and my PA that gets the vast majority of things done. And then I, I work with a few special consultants and like for very specific areas. And the truth is between the two of us in that capacity, we're accomplishing as much, if not more than what we was doing when it was 20. 
And it's like, this was, this one's the kind of lessons I had to learn about how to be a better leader, how to be a better manager, how to be a better entrepreneur. So the past experience was helpful, but yeah, it really set me up to take everything to another level now. Mm. I think it's really interesting a lot of what you mentioned, particularly about the personal struggles that you went through, because I think, first of all, just on a quite a general level, mental health and all of those personal struggles are something that I think very little focus is paid to. And, and a lot of the time we can underestimate the, the toll that having to work so much and that all these things take on us. And I think that not enough of a spotlight is put on that. But yeah. I think also very specifically as entrepreneurs as well, mm. there's this very glamorized picture that's painted or portrayed that, you know, you're just supposed to be working and grinding and doing mm. all this stuff when actually, you know, especially after working on something for a number of years, but even if it wasn't years, even in a short period of time, that level of work rate, whatever you're doing can take a huge mental toll. And mm. I think it's quite brave to be able to take a step back from something that one, that you love and that you're passionate about. And that two, also, especially if it's going well, yeah. or if there's a lot of kind of steam behind it, if there's a lot of people behind it, there's a lot of pressure to just keep going and to force through it. Yeah, And I think that's, what a lot of people end up doing. And then when you burn out at the end of that, then it's almost kind of beyond salvage. Yeah. You're not able to kind of pick up the pieces at the end. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I was listening to something recently. I'm going to mash up the quote. Okay. But, <laughs> but they said something like, uh, Circle K is America's thirst stop. And Dave's, especially when Dave needs refreshments for family movie night. So Dave heads straight to Circle K, where he grabs icy Polar Pop cups and frosters for the kids and chilled beer for the grown-ups. Enjoy family movie night, Dave. We'll be here for you all summer long. And right now at Circle K, save on all 8 or 12-ounce Red Bull flavors. Buy two, get one free. So make us your first stop. Circle K, America's thirst stop. Um, the, the general idea was that as much as there's a lot of things that lots of balls we can juggle and lots of balls that we can play with. Um, and they are kind of made of rubber. You can keep bouncing them. You can keep pushing them. You can keep, if you drop the ball, you can pick it up. You can keep bouncing it, but your mental health isn't one of those. Your mental right. health is made of glass. Like right. that's one ball. As much as you're juggling it, like all the other balls, mm. that's the ball you can't drop. Mm. Or if you do, you just have to be so much more careful yeah. with that. It's not something you can throw in the air just like anything else you throw in the air. Mm. You can't take your eye off it and try and focus on other things and hope that one day eventually you'll be able to pick it back up. Like yeah. It doesn't work like that. Mm. The more care you take as you're going along your process and as you're doing other things, the better you'll be able to keep juggling everything. Yeah. Even if you have to put some other balls down, mm. it's one of those things where it becomes very hard to recover from. And the yeah. more damage you do to that, ball or that area of your life the harder it becomes to keep going mm. afterwards yeah i believe that like i massively believe that because yeah and i see people try like i see people who have unresolved trauma whether that's from business or their childhoods or forever whatever else it's coming from and like they don't take the time to do the work to heal and as a consequence you then see how it slowly begins to unravel everything that they're building like whether that's their relationship, whether that's their company, like whatever it might be, um, their career. So it's kind of like, yeah, if we don't take the time to look after our mental health and have that as the foundation to our success, then yeah, we're setting ourselves up to fail, man. Yeah. I think a lot of people might also be surprised 
I guess particularly from your perspective as someone that's run a number of businesses before. And when I say surprise, I guess that kind of is part of the fallacy where you assume that because someone's been doing something for such a long period of time or has run multiple iterations of different types of things that you should be fine or, you know, you're you're kind of put on a pedestal or looked at in a spotlight where people just expect you to be able to cope and to be able to do things. Yeah. But I mean, tell me more about your journey in terms of the other businesses that you ran beforehand. Wow. Okay. We're going way back. Okay. So... I started my very first company at 17. Um, okay. I didn't think of it as a company at the time. Um, so actually, I guess I need to take you back another step before then. Um, so my background is in basketball. Uh, from age 12, I was in love with the sport. Uh, I realized early on that I was never going to be an NBA player. Um, <laughs> I am not six foot six. Mm. Uh, so simple as like, as good as I was for the UK, like I knew I was never going to take it to the next level. Um, and I also had friends that had ambition of going, um, go and become professional players, what they achieved. And I saw what they had to do to get to that point. And I'm like, nah, I don't love it that much. Do you know what I mean? So, um, I guess around the age of 16 or so, I actually ended up getting a pretty bad, uh, knee injury, which completely took me out of the game. Um, and I remember like, uh, the stat summer, like I kept on showing up to the basketball courts cause I had nothing else to do. You can only play mm. PlayStation for so long. <laughs> so I'll go to the courts and just chill with my friends, go to training, just chill, like, and just, yeah, just really just, uh, just be surrounded by it, even though I couldn't partake in it. And I think what that really taught me and probably one of my better skills as an entrepreneur today is to just listen to what people are saying. So anyone that knows young young men, especially, I'm sure young women do it as well, that are into sport, they're mad competitive. So every day it's like, oh no, I'm so-and-so, I'm the best, like, oh no, he's better than you, this and that, there's constant arguments. And then I guess by the summer, um, the, by the following summer, I was like, you know what, no, like, let's let's end all the talk and let's hold a tournament to see who actually is the best um so yeah i started like getting the resources together charge people like five pounds to take part in so that i could do that put together like the gyms and prize money all that sort of stuff and um yeah i held my first tournament um in uh in the sports hall at my school and yeah it was my older sister that saw what i was doing and she said claude like you've you're running a business you know and i'm like what are you talking about i didn't because I, I didn't know what entrepreneurship was at the time uh even though my dad he's run his own company for all of my life i'd still and i kind of knew about running businesses i had never tried to do anything like that so she handed me richard branson's uh biography um at the time the brand new at the time which was called lisa my virginity and i remember just reading about this amazing life um that he was living and i said yeah that that right there's for me definitely mm. um However, it wasn't the money that caught me in all honesty. Like, yeah, I read about him buying an island and all of that, which was nice. It was actually the freedom, the adventure and the impact that he was able to have through his company. And yeah, like he, there were a couple of stories. I don't, I'm not going to tell them now because I've butchered them because it's been a while since I've read the book. But essentially there were two situations in there where because of his wealth and influence, he was able to make a huge difference in situations of people's lives, which he wouldn't have otherwise been able to do, which I wouldn't have been able to do no matter. Um, and it was a situation where the government was supposed to step in to help with certain things, but they didn't. 
And this was also not too far away from the time that Hurricane Trotino had happened as mm. well in New Orleans. And I remember thinking like, wow, like the American government was supposed to step in and help people, but for whatever reason, um, you can have that conversation another time as to what that reason <laughs> is. Um, they didn't. Mm. And a hell of a lot of people suffered. Uh, and I remember just saying to myself, like if anything like that ever happens again, like I would like to be able to make the choice to do something about it myself. Rather than if other people wouldn't step up, then I can. And I think that was really the drive that got me into entrepreneurship. Um, yeah, and what actually ended up me starting my second company was I bought a DSLR camera to take pictures at my own um, tournaments. Um, and I was starting to do training camps as well as part of the first company. And yeah, I started taking, I needed to take, take good pictures to put up on my the MySpace page at the time. Like that's how, new, that's how long ago it was. I'm, I'm, I'm low-key old in it. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like I had a MySpace page which was helping to build the brand. Mm -hmm. And I realized that, yeah, lack of good photos was holding the brand back. So I bought this camera, started taking pictures at my own events and all of that. Um, and by the time I hit university, like at this, a lot of people just started hearing the fact that, oh yeah, like close a photographer, I used to ask him to come and cover pictures for this event, that event or whatever and by the end of my first year I realised that I'm getting so many requests for people to come and ask me to do photos um, if I started charging them then this could actually be a really good business and yes yeah, so I launched it in the summer um, just after my first year of uni uh, very quickly it ended up making way more money than my first company was doing and I realised okay you know what this this right here I'm in love with it so I closed down the first and really started focusing on photography and that became like my main source of income while I was a student for the whole time I was at uni. Um, I launched a few other like small things in between, like none of them took off the way the photography was going, but it was all good. Um, and then yeah, by the time I now had, uh, was coming up to graduation, the photography was making decent money. Um, but as I was starting to think about the future, I was like, I couldn't see how this was gonna make enough money at this moment in time to support a family. Like it was enough to, it was enough for me to be comfortable, but not to really take it to the next level. So I really began to explore what can I do? What can I do as my next step to take it to the next level? And it was at that point that I moved the photo business from being focused on like consumer, so B2C, and moved it to a B2B company. Um, I also started including uh, things like video production as well as a part of it and i rebranded it so it went from being called starlight imagery to being called the creative circle uh and around the same time i also as a, another side business i had a, a photography studio up in the midlands like i mentioned before so i made a studio as a part of this whole new rebrand situation and started selling services to customers to um businesses rather and that's when yeah the the income just multiplied like everything started happening on like Although it looked big before in terms of like the whole style of imagery thing, like it was back in the day, it was like a really big brand. But then now it's like, okay, now it doesn't look big anymore, but the bank statement is a lot better. <laughs> Do you know what I'm saying? Mm. Um, and yeah, I was running with that for a bit. And then it comes to the start of the story of like one day waking up and realizing that I don't care about the work I'm doing. Like I was just helping rich people get more rich really. Mm. Um, and wanted to do something more meaningful. And that started the journey towards Dream Nation. Okay. That's really interesting, I guess. So from the beginning, you felt like entrepreneurship was the only thing that you were going to do. Or did you ever get to a point where you thought, okay, maybe, did you ever consider like corporate type work at all or any other work? No, okay. I literally never did. And that's not because like I'm some dope visionary person, anything like that. Um, the reason behind that is actually because I'm dyslexic. Mm. So, uh, and I've known I've been dyslexic for most of my life uh, and I, 
never thought that the whole office situation was going to be the area that I would thrive in. So I just thought, okay, fine. If these are the cards you've been dealt, then what can you do that will make you, that will get you to still be very successful or very happy or both ideally um, and went from there. So my original career plan was to be a basketball coach. Um, I, I wanted to coach in the NBA and all of that. And then, yeah, the, all the stuff that I just mentioned before just started randomly happening. I just kind of just kept going with it, really, like looking at that, learning from it, open up new opportunities and just keep on progressing. Mm. And what's kind of been the motivation in terms of pushing forward? Is it more the amount of money that you were making and wanting to make more? Or, because I know you were talking about your progression between the different businesses. Yeah. Was it, yeah, just trying to, to grow each one to the point where you could and then moving to something that might be more profitable? No, um, I wish that was the answer. <laughs> like, yeah, I've, one of my weaknesses as an entrepreneur that I had to learn to overcome was not being driven by money. Um, I literally have never really cared about it. As long as there's, as long as there's enough for me to live my life and support the people around me, then I was always been happy. Um, and I think that lack of financial ambition for a huge part of my career held me back in all honesty. Um, but the drive for me has been about having a fulfilling life. Um, and the biggest thing that I find fulfilling is helping people to reach their full potential. Mm -hmm. So that's why, yeah, Dream Nation is just completely has my heart because I get to see that every single day. Um, I've seen the transformations that people have gone through, either through coming to our events, through being a part of the community by getting coached or whatever it might be. And I know what's in store, which is a completely it's owned to a lot of people that's like I'm starting another company it's a completely new direction um but I'm excited and in terms of the vision of what's happening yeah like now that it's starting to turn to reality I'm I'm just really I'm just yeah I this is what I want to do with my life basically so it's been more a journey of finding purpose and then being led by that purpose oh without a doubt um I I'm not going to say so I will tell you this, pursuing your purpose most of the time is a crap career move. Um, so I, I know a lot of people say, oh yeah, go for, mm. follow your passion, follow your purpose. Like, nah, that in general, that is a really rubbish piece of advice when you're trying to actually build a career. Um, I've been lucky with the end result of it. So don't, don't use that as your guiding strategy. Um, it was very much so could have gone a completely different direction. And there've been times and I've been very broke. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Very broke um, from following my passions. So but it's for me personally, it's the way I'm wired. Like I said, money was never a huge motivation. Uh, wow, <laughs> we try that again. <laughs> money was never a huge motivation for me. Um, whereas, yeah, impact and purpose very much so is. Mm. No, I agree. I think it's an interesting point that you make as well. But I think I usually try and make a distinction between passion and purpose because I think there are a lot of people, like you say, who talk about pursuing your passion and rightly so. Like it's very rarely the best move because I think you know passions change as you grow the things that you're interested in change as you develop as you kind of improve your key skills and also as you improve maybe how much you know the kind of circles you're in as you kind of progress through life and through your career mm -hmm. but I think your purpose generally or at least finding whatever it is that's at the core of who you are that is kind of the unifying thread in everything that you do yeah. is very important. Mm. And I think sometimes it's important just to sometimes to sit back and kind of take stock of what motivates you, what drives you yeah, and finding something there. So mm. it's, it's less about what you're doing and more about why you do it. Yeah. What kind of is that fire behind 
what makes you enjoy doing these different things. So yeah. while your passion at one point, maybe it was photography or maybe mm. it was playing basketball. Yeah. There might have been another thread through all of those things, which could have been, you know, helping people, giving people a platform to play basketball, yeah, yeah. giving people a platform through which they could share images that they love and do other things. And yeah. then now through Gym Nation, helping to people to be maybe more self-actualized or helping people to grow and learn and develop and yeah. do all of those things. Without a doubt. Yeah. Now I'll definitely say like for me looking backwards, it's easy to now see the theme of, yeah, yeah, it's, it has always been about helping people reach their potential in one form or another. Um, and I think probably the time when I was least happiest was when I said like I was doing B2B work and I wasn't doing that anymore. Um, so yeah, no, definitely having the, having your passions and your purpose, like it's very important to understand that is that, that those are, it's, I know how easy it is to say that um, and it's something that I know a lot of people struggle with so yeah like in terms of you if you want to have a good career and you want to make good money then my best piece of advice to you is like develop a skill um, a skill which the world finds valuable um, and then monetize that and then afterwards then then yeah then you can look into the whole passion side of things or truth be told most time we become passionate about the things we're good at anyway yeah so if you get your skill first and the passion will follow um like i say my career path i would not advise anyone to do what i've done um i got real lucky and it really could have gone south mm. see i was gonna pick up on that actually because i think like you were saying hindsight is twenty twenty, mm. and there's a lot of things that become a lot easier to see or consider or acknowledge when you've actually made it yeah. although on the flip side there's also some people and i think we've seen a lot of examples yeah, where fine. people make yeah. it and then they come they don't even remember what no, it took to get there they don't. then they'll just say oh wake up at four o'clock and yeah. you know we all have the same 24 hours yeah nah you know what this is why for a long time i never used to describe anything i never used to let myself be attached to the idea of personal development um because there's so much crap out there man <laughs> like people will talk the most nonsense um either because they have forgotten what it took to get them where they are um or because they um they just don't they want to present this story of themselves with them being this amazing mythical creature that just had it all together it's like no nah, like that ain't gonna help anybody and i think that's why i try to make myself and dream nation different is that i'll be i'll be real with you i'll tell you the very the truth the good the bad the ugly because that's what it takes for you to actually grow so yeah nah i get what you're saying um and that's why I, that's why i don't mind talking about stuff like anxiety depression failures being broke all of that it's all happened do you know what i'm saying and like by me hopefully sharing the stuff with people then you don't have to make those same mistakes and you can elevate faster than i did in your estimation would you say that you've been successful as an entrepreneur well that's a hard question <laughs> <laughs> um so with my some of my real close people i have this debate all the time because i'll tell them that i i told them i suck as an entrepreneur <laughs> like i say that all the time mm. um and that's because if i once again if i measure my success by pound signs then it's like to date i i could have made way more money just going down the corporate route like no contest you know what i'm saying especially with my natural skill sets like my leadership my way of seeing things all of that i think i would have been real far by now and my my bank account would be real nice do you know what i'm saying um but then they tell me to stop thinking of it in that way and focus on okay like how many people's lives have you impacted if you know what i mean like how 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 many cool things have you been able to do all the like when I look at my track record, it's like, oh, wait, yeah, like it actually is awesome in terms of what I've been able to accomplish. It's just that in a lot of those cases, because I wasn't driven by money, it wasn't, it doesn't reflect it by the metric that a lot of people judge entrepreneurship by. So my... I often find out the hard way that all IPAs are not created equal. Some are hot bombs that forget about flavor. 
Others only taste good if you drink them with a heavy meal. Fortunately, Founders Brewing Company has found a way to enjoy an IPA anytime and at any occasion with their all-day IPA. You can taste the hops, of course, but it's the complex array of malts and grains that make all-day IPA a beer that will grab your attention. Whether you're relaxing after a long day at work or hanging outside with your friends, all-day IPA will become one of your favorites. It's one reason why Founders is in the top 10 of the nation's craft breweries and a staple in my fridge. When you taste all-day IPA, you'll understand how they got there. Look for Founders in your favorite beer store or check out their full line of beer and now hard seltzers too at foundersbrewing.com. Founders Brewing Company, born and brewed in Michigan since 1997. Circle K is America's thirst stop. And Dave's, especially when Dave needs refreshments for family movie night. So Dave heads straight to Circle K, where he grabs icy Polar Pop cups and frosters for the kids and chilled beer for the grown-ups. Enjoy family movie night, Dave. We'll be here for you all summer long. And right now at Circle K, score with 28-ounce Gatorade. Any flavor, three for $5. So make us your first stop. Circle K, America's thirst stop. Answer to your question is, yes, I'm a great entrepreneur. Um, and yeah, I know the money side is going to come to, um, although it hasn't been to the level which I could have done if I had pursued other careers or made that my priority. Hmm. I know a lot of, I guess, from what you're saying, your success has come down to your individual skill set and the things that you know that make you great and that you're able to capitalize on Hmm. to turn into profitable opportunities. But are there any things that you would say are universal in terms of being successful as an entrepreneur generally? Yeah, um, grit. Like, I am... Hashtag grit. (laughs) Hashtag grit, bro. Um, Now, honestly, your ability to pick yourself back up when Mm. things go badly, um, your ability to to sustain, to have like a sustained level of consistent work, um, your ability to listen to people. um, I think emotional intelligence is massively underrated. Um, and if we continue to develop those type of muscles, then yeah, you're, those are, those are to me are the things that every entrepreneur, to be honest with you, anyone that's going to be successful in this life needs to learn. Mm-hmm. Um, good communication skills, like let people know what you actually want and think and feel, uh, as well as the, uh, the ability to sell people ideas. Um, so your enthusiasm, your, your way of portraying an, an idea or vision, like those things will all be massive. And I guess, Above all, when it comes to entrepreneurship or success or whatever, it is your ability to execute because yeah. you can have all those attributes and if you, that, they just can still leave you as being a fantastic talker. Do you know what I mean? But if you can execute well and execute consistently, then yeah, and you mix in any of those factors, then success is pretty much inevitable. Yeah, I definitely agree with the execution part. I think that's one thing that I say a lot because particularly in the entrepreneurship and the startup community, there's lots mm-hmm. of people that have great ideas and people will talk to me all the time about, oh, I have all these ideas, da, da, da. but realistically, from my perspective anyway, yeah. I mean, ideas without execution is nothing. nothing. There's no, you've generated nothing useful unless, however, I might say by sharing ideas, because that's also something that I definitely believe in. Mm-hmm. I think that generally I just try to think of things on a very macro level like what have you added to the world in general by doing what you do Mm -hmm. either it's by executing and actually fulfilling whatever it was you dreamt of doing Mm -hmm. um and that 
is not to say that that thing will be successful, mm. but it's more the journey of doing what you were doing and whatever the outcomes were of that. Yeah. Are those things that either you can learn from or that others can learn from? Yeah. But I guess if you're not going to execute, then share the ideas. Yeah. But that's not something a lot of people are keen on because <laughs> no. everyone wants to keep things close to their chest. Yeah, yeah. Um, but then again, it means that you're contributing nil value. That's like you, you are... I don't want to say worthless, but no, you're no, not. Low key. <laughs> yeah. Low key. It's like, if you're not providing value, then that yes. literally the definition of worthless is, mm. <laughs> do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So yeah, it makes sense. Um, one thing I will say though about the whole execution thing is, in fact, I think everything I told Des mentioned before is that list. They're all learnable traits. Mm. Um, and it's okay if you can't do it now. Like it's actually fine. I could not do all those things when I started. And some of those things I'm still learning to be better at today. Um, my execution this year has been so much higher than it ever has been. Um, and that's just a accumulation of learning, studying, mental, like being mentored, being taught, um, being coached. So yeah, it's all right if you, you can't do it yet, but you do need to have the mentality of constantly growing. If you've got that, then you'll be cool. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with that. And I think that, um, you know, execution is not a finite thing. There's, mm. it's still a curve in and of itself. There are different levels of execution. There's different ways you can execute things. You can try things and fail. And that's okay, but you've tried, you've done something, you've kind of moved the stick from zero to somewhere. Yeah. Um, but I also think the effort is something in and of itself, mm. um, but also journey, because like you mentioned earlier, and it's something that I guess I say quite a lot when people ask me about, I think there's a lot of things where, you know, maybe I'm doing or working on or that seem quote unquote successful, mm. but actually, there's people that ask like, oh, how do I do what you're doing now? And mm. I'm like, when I was in your position, I couldn't do what I'm doing now. Mm. And that's not to say that you shouldn't try to do it. Yeah. I definitely believe in not taking no for an answer and just trying to push the stick as far as possible. Mm -hmm. However, don't forget that there is a skills curve. Like you do have to develop and grow and focus your energy on those things. Mm. Because I think those are the things that allow you to execute at different levels oh, and allow you to grow much faster than you might have otherwise. Yeah. Because there's plenty of things that there's no way I could have done a lot of the things I'm doing now, mm. two years ago or yeah, three yeah. years ago. Mm. And that's not to say, oh, it's just about knowledge or it's just about that, but it's also about developing as a person and developing whether it's the resilience or grit, as you said, mm. developing in leadership, developing in a multitude of ways that allows mm. you to perform at a different level when those opportunities come. Yeah, yeah. Because there's even, whether it's business ideas or other ideas that I've had, mm. where if I tried to execute those things a year or two ago, it would have failed yeah, because yeah. I didn't, I wasn't equipped mm. with the right tools, with the right leadership, with the right grit, with the right, um, you know, all these other skills mm. at that time that mm -hmm. I do have now, which allows me to execute much better now. Yeah, no, definitely. And um, yeah, he's thing that I say to a lot of people when I'm talking, especially young people is um, in my opinion, um, my personal opinion is to spend every year of your twenties, every single year of them. So literally up until the last day, like 29 turning 30, spend all of that focus primarily on learning. Mm. Um, obviously have your job, make your income, all of that, but prioritize opportunities that will cause you to learn and grow um, rather than necessarily ones that will help you to, to earn the most. Um, the reason I give that advice is because another philosophy of mine is that our lives are a lot like, um, a lot like towers. 
Um, so the sense, in a sense, rather, if you want to have a successful career um, and a successful life and all of that, um, if it's going to be a, a massively tall tower, then you're going to need a really deep foundation. And you'll see this all the time in terms of people who didn't take the time to really dig that foundation for mm. their future success. When that cess does come, then they will crumble. Um, like I, I give this example all the time and I haven't yet had anyone tell me that I'm wrong about it. But when you think back to secondary school, think back to the kids that were the most popular at the time, like, and then ask yourself, where are they now? <laughs> it's consistently true. Yeah. And the reason is like, the reason why this is, everybody can use this example, no matter what school you went to is because for most of those children, like they didn't take the time to build those foundations because they already felt like they had made it at that mm -hmm. stage. Um, and so, and you'll see this happen at multiple points at different people's careers of like, okay, like those that were earning their 50Ks and whatever, like straight coming out of uni, it's like, okay, cool. Like those that didn't take the time to build their foundations, then yeah, like they might get up to 75, maybe up to a hundred, but they're not making millions. Do you know what I'm saying? Whereas the people that really invest in building those really deep skill sets, those good habits, the right mentality, the good networks, all those type of things, what they're then able to accomplish and sustain their success in as well, is going to be so much higher. Mm -hmm. So I tell people like, honestly, we got, you, we're going to live a long time. Like the retirement age keeps going up. So spending 10 more years to actually learn good skills because the stuff you learn in school is questionable. Um, but yeah, if you spend yeah a couple more years really learning the real serious skills, connections, networks, all of that, the stuff that you don't get taught, um, then yeah, in terms of what you'll then be able to accomplish and sustain your success is going to be so much more. Mm. So you mentioned that that is kind of your advice for things to do in your 20s. Yeah. And as you mentioned, the retirement age is getting pushed back further and further. Every day, yeah. I think statistically it's like every three years we add another year to our lives due right. to scientific innovation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So actually, even as we're living, the length of it's our lives keep is on being lengthened just 100%. due to improvements in care, improvements in mm -hmm. technology, medicine, medicine, all of these all things. That, yeah. So how do you see kind of the rest of your life? And I don't know the extent towards that you've planned towards that or mm -hmm. maybe not your life specifically, but just generally. Yeah, I can talk about me. It's all yeah. good. Yeah, I'm a future planner. Sure. Um, so especially also actually mm -hmm. as an entrepreneur. So someone that is following a very non-traditional route, but also one that is very personal. Yeah. Um, in my opinion, at least mm -hmm. I think as an entrepreneur, there is no, strict roadmap for your journey or what your progression looks like yeah, yeah it might be an ideal and i don't actually know what that is because lots of different people have different estimations of what success as an entrepreneur looks like mm -hmm. there's lots of people now that think that you have to start this unicorn startup in your 20s like mm -hmm. like um zuckerberg or yeah. a bunch uh, of people even on that note like so i've got a couple <laughs> of friends that are working mm -hmm. vc right now and so at some of these top, top level VC firms, like they'll literally look at anyone in their twenties and be like, yeah, we're not giving you money. You're still too young. <laughs> no, literally like, so yeah, yeah, we do see the, like the Mark Zuckerberg of this world are the exception to the rule. Like, cause if you think about it, like logically VCs, investors, bankers, all of that, like they just need to keep on minimizing risk for the investments that they make and your lack of experience is a risk factor <laughs> do you know what i'm saying so yeah like in most cases forget the idea of, of creating a unicorn within your 20s you might you might do it but the odds are very small um okay so what am i saying in terms of the future firstly 
I take a very long, long-term long view of things. So one lesson that I remember hearing in my very early 20s, which really stuck with me, is that we're not going to reach our actual peak from a kind of a mental, like emotional, all those type of levels, apart from physical, until we hit our 50s. So then when you change the goalpost of, okay, like I'm going to be at my best then, then literally everything before now is just foundations and warm-ups, if you know what I mean. Mm. Um, so with that, like, the so the next steps for me is like continuing to grow as a man um as the person i want to be uh, i would say at this stage of my life i'm actually very happy with who, who i am and who i'm becoming because i'm still growing um and part of that also means taking stuff like my relationships to the next level so stuff like family is about to become a lot more important to me and kind of the next the next kind of few chapters of my life um outside of that on the business on the creative actually so one lesson that I've also began to learn now is like, how do I be able to create more stability in my income through not actually being me being dependent on it in a sense? So yeah, really developing more about multiple income streams. Um, and that has been going nicely this year. Um, also what has been cool is because I picked up so many skills over the years, being able to take those skills and actually not completely monetize them in different ways. So like, without going into too much detail um so like certain projects of like because I took so long to learn them throughout my 20s like I can deliver certain projects in like a week 10 days etc um and stuff like that has netted me like 5k plus if you know what I'm saying um whereas back in the day I couldn't do that but now it's like okay cool I've got that skill I've got this skill I've got this skill if I use them in interesting creative ways then it can really yeah just do a lot of interesting things from an income perspective um i'm also looking at in terms of a career side of things as well for me is getting serious about non-executive roles um so yeah looking about how do i really begin to make a good income and a good a good career from sitting on boards sort of organizations um yeah a few of my my mentors and people i look up to like yeah, they're making stupid money, <laughs> like <laughs> stupid money from mm. sitting on these boards. Um, and we're talking anywhere between eight to twenty days a year that they're doing, and they 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 just they made more than than most of us will ever see in our lifetime. Do you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. just by using their skill, their knowledge, and their wisdom um, in that context. So I'm getting quite serious about developing that side of my career too. And I guess that then leads me into Dream Nation. Um, so yeah, like I, as I mentioned earlier or teased earlier that the future of Dream Nation is very different. Um, we will still be doing events and things along those lines, but really the next steps for me now is just really evolving the company into more of a tech business. So we've been developing some real interesting technology. You're going to see some of it at our upcoming gala as well. Um, but that's just a complete taster. But the main thing ultimately is I'm looking at how technology, personal development, psychology, and all these things that we know, all the research that's already out there, how can it really be used to, or utilized rather, to create products and services that can make access to what would normally be hundreds or thousands of pounds worth of coaching accessible to everybody. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, creating hopefully a whole completely massive evolution in that space. Um, and yeah, just continue to build that company. Uh, like I very much so would love it to be a public trading business one day. So be doing that whole thing. And then from what I've learned from studying great uh, CEOs of public trading companies is that it's hard. Um, and I know right now I'm not good enough to do that. So I still, as much as I'm, yes, further ahead than many others, I still have a long way to go because I don't want to get to that stage and then not be able to maintain it. 
like I would love to go down as being known as one of the greatest business executives of all time. And that's not an easy thing to accomplish. So I'm just continuing to grow and move in that direction. Okay. Interesting. When you say wanting to be known as one of the greatest business executives of all time, Mm -hmm. do you think that that level of ambition is something that is necessary again, to be a good entrepreneur, as Mm -hmm. we mentioned, and also looking at your background as well from playing basketball from having a very highly competitive background. Mm. Do you think that that level of drive is something that's inherently necessary for you to move forward? Is that like part of the the motivation for you? No, well, for me, yes. It's inherently necessary for me to do what I want to do, but for everybody, I don't think it's necessary. Okay. Um, like, honestly, there are a lot of people in this world that if you, they, they can make like 30, 35K a year and they're good. They're not living in London. They don't have to rent. <laughs> do you know what I'm saying? Um, yeah. But they get to come home and spend time with their with their family. Mm. Do you know what I'm saying? They get to they get to go to church on Sunday. They can buy all the things they need. Go on holiday every now and again, and this and that. So it's like, yeah, your version of success is what success looks like for you um, and your family. Don't like you have to obviously take into consideration the people around you too. Um, and yeah, like it's easy color the circles that we move in for it to look like the more money you make, it's more successful you are. Like that's a very easy mentality to get into. And for some people that money is what all they can live for. And that's fine. Like if that's what you're driven by, then I've got no judgment on that. But yeah, I feel the most important thing is us having clarity on who we are as individuals. And when we understand what matters to us, what our values are, what drives us, that's when you can figure out what success actually looks like for you. And when you know what success looks like for you, you can then plan your life accordingly. Mm-hmm. And that might be a 30K year salary. It might be 60. It might be 100,000. It might be a couple of million. And the money side is almost irrelevant. It's really, okay, what are you doing with your life? Um, as I've said, like I'm forced myself now to become more money orientated, not because I like, I don't really care about material things on that level, but because the vision I have requires a lot of funding. It's literally that simple. Um, and even at like, the whole public trading thing to have the level of impact that I want to have on the world, I'm going to need that much resource behind it. And that's the only reason behind, behind why I want to do that. Because if I just wanted to make enough money to like, yeah, can maintain what I'm doing, have a good life and be happy with my family, then that's cool. But my ambition isn't set up that way. <laughs> do you know what I'm saying? So because that's what will make me happy and fulfilled, that's what I have to go after. But sometimes I wish I'd be happy with less, in all honesty, because uh, this life ain't easy. <laughs> do you know what I mean? I, I give myself the most amount of stress. Do you know what I'm saying? And I know this is still easy mode because once again, being CEO of a publicly trained company is probably one of the most stressful things you can do. Yeah. Um, and yeah, that's where I'm walking towards. So yeah, I'll guess only just to summarize, work out what success looks like for you and go after that. And yeah, it's nice that other people like myself are doing this or doing that or other people are flying in the corporate world or the, the amazing, amazing artist or whatever it might be. That's nice for them, but work out what is good for you. Mm. It's really interesting what you say about just the success factor as well. Cause I think I'm very similar to a large extent and it's funny, I don't know if it's just the, at least now, having worked in a corporate capacity and working with people that earn, again, stupid amounts of money. Like mm-hmm. I've had colleagues that earn a million plus as mm-hmm. annual salary, mm-hmm. um, or not salary, but equity. I get you. Um, but the point is, it, it, at least in my experience, I feel like the closer I've got to seeing those people and to at least being in proximity of what I always thought was 
something worth chasing or something of value, mm. the more I've realized that that's actually not what I want. Mm. The more you see how some of those people have to live, not in the same way as maybe like the CEO of a public traded company. Yeah, I think yeah. that's quite different, but at least more just chasing this life of, um, at least, well, within the corporate world, at least, of just kind of working harder and harder and mm. slogging away at this at this job and doing all of these things. And you realize that a lot of these people don't even see their families and they yeah. don't have time for a lot of the things that I value. Yeah, yeah. And I'm realizing that actually these things are far more important to me mm-hmm. than all of that other stuff. Yeah, yeah. And I think I've also become more and more focused on like charitable activities. And mm. it, it's weird, again, like the more quote-unquote successful I've become or at least the more I've progressed and grown Mm. the more I do things for less money or for no money and Mm. I'm very happy just to do things because I care and do things that I'm passionate about Mm. rather than just doing things for the sake of profitability yeah however on the flip side um and I was saying this to someone recently because they were asking again about my motivations and Because like you were saying, in a way, it's weird. There's money is still a factor in my goals, Mm. but it's really just so that it's because of the fact that money will give me the freedom to do more stuff that I actually care about and to do more stuff, not necessarily for free, but actually Mm. just even like the example you were giving about Richard Branson, for example, Mm. having money that you can deploy to be able to help people and Mm -hmm. to do things in certain situations. Yeah. That's kind of where I want to be at. Mm. It's not money just for the sake of myself and, and not even just people in much further circles, but even in my more immediate circle, wanting or seeing a future for myself where, you know, if my partner or my children wanted to do something, Mm. I'm able to have the resources to let them do that or to help them do that or so that they can achieve and be self-actualized in and of themselves and to do what they want to do. Mm. And so I think that is something that feeds into a lot of my goals. So yes, it does push me to have to work harder and have to earn more or make more, but it's more so that um, other people are able to enjoy off the back of that, if that makes sense. There's a purpose behind it because I Mm. guess we can, I guess for a lot of people, we try to find ways to measure our, our value, our worth. Mm. And yeah, for some people that is, it's a money is a very easy measuring stick to see, okay, I make so much money. So therefore I am worth so much. Um, however, I guess once again, for figuring out what your values are, what your purpose is, what your goals are, then you can figure out, okay, what is the metric you measure success by? So I guess in your case, it is how much can I give my family? Do you know what I mean? How much can I be there for them? It's, it's just what I'm hearing from what you're saying. And I guess like mine is ultimately, yeah, how many people's lives can I impact in a positive way? Um, yeah, so that's that's what I'm, that's literally the metric that I would judge my success by. Like in however many years, like from now, um, like, yeah, how many people can turn back and say, okay, it was this interaction with Claude or was this, is this thing that Dream Nation resulted in that put me in the path where I am today. And I'm grateful for that. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I think that's interesting as well, just in terms of everyone measuring measuring success differently. Because I think another thing that's cropping up a lot, particularly in this social media age, or an age where we're able to see so deeply into the lives of others, mm-hmm. is comparison. Yeah, And the fact that now everyone is able, because back in the day, even on BlackBerry or even before BlackBerry, you didn't know necessarily how everyone's living or mm-hmm. what everyone's doing. Yeah, yeah, If you don't visit someone's house in person, you've never seen how they actually live. Mm-hmm. Um, Whereas now you see into, you see insights or at least perceive that you see insights yeah, into yeah. everyone's lives all mm-hmm. the time. Yeah. And so there's a lot of culture 
or elements of culture where people are comparing a lot more. Mm. And I think there's a lot more pressure on younger and younger people to have achieved more in less time. So now people are looking at people that are further along the line than them, or even people that might be at the same age or same level that are able to do more or afford more and thinking that that means that they have to do more as well. Yeah. And it, it makes me think as well as something you mentioned previously, which was even just the fact that, um, well, one being retirement age moving further, but also that we will kind of reach our mental primes around the age of 50, Yeah, which is such a big paradigm shift. Cause even for me, that's not necessarily th something that I'd thought of, mm. at least in that perspective. Yeah, Just the fact that actually, you know, it's okay to take that time or at least to see things from a different perspective. Yeah. So to see things from the perspective of, okay, if that's where I'm going to be then, you know, how can I best use my time now? Yeah. So it's not necessarily then about, oh, by 25, you have to have done this. By 30, you have to have done that. Yeah, yeah. It's more, okay, taking all of these years as a cumulative sum, mm -hmm. where do I want to be by the time I reach this stage? Yeah, yeah. Or by the time, or what kind of skills? And this is, again, something that I do talk about when, I, when people ask me about um, my future goals. I yeah. think it's more the idea of what kind of skills do I need to have acquired by the time like when I'm looking 10 years into the future or 20 years into the future, mm -hmm. I have a good idea of where I want to be and what I want to be doing. Yeah. Not super specifically, but at least skills wise. Yeah, yeah. And so what kind of skills do I need to have to be in that position? 100%. And then what can I do now to put myself at least on the pathway to being there? Yeah. Um, and so it's kind of working backwards in that oh, 100%. way. 100%. Like, I think another huge factor that is very common among successful people is they have longer time horizons. It's that simple. Um, they just think in, they think in longer terms. And a consequence of that means that they can do what you're talking about right now, which is work out where the end destination is and work backwards. And then your decisions you start to make will look very different. Um, so as I mentioned before, like one of my goals is to be a fantastic business exec um, of a public trading company. So it means that I'm sitting on, I've started sitting on boards from years ago. Um, so I can begin to learn what that process looks like. Whereas most people within our age bracket, that that's not, that thought hasn't even crossed their minds, if you know what I mean. Um, and yeah, so like those, being able to make those type of strategic choices means that I'm going to be able to accomplish certain things at certain stages at a much higher level or much faster than other people might otherwise do because they were once again, potentially prioritizing, maximizing things right now. Um, whereas I'm looking at, okay, what does it look like in the future? Uh, and I think once again, everybody should work out where they want to go as far out as they can. And then, yeah, just keep working backwards and then work out what your life looks like accordingly and how you get there. Mm -hmm. And I think we'll have a lot more success as individuals and as a community if we can start doing more of that. Mm. And you've talked as well a lot about off the chain of success, but like legacy Mm. And talking about from Martin Luther King and Malcolm X to Richard Branson to a lot of the more personal goals that you have, mm -hmm. I guess in sum, what would you say either what your legacy is or what you want your legacy to be? And how do you know, or how will you know when you've quote unquote achieved it? Okay. Or do you believe there's something that can be achieved? Uh, firstly, I don't think my goals can be achieved. Okay. Definitely not within my lifetime. Um, so some of the specific stuff I mentioned, yes, but, really what I'm trying to do is like honestly push humanity forward mm -hmm. like the actual end vision is okay like how can how can we help more people reach their potential um and 
in doing so, I then know that we all have such so many like ripple effects and all of that that you cannot even begin to anticipate. Where if more people are empowered to reach their full potential, if more people are empowered to take a slightly different pathway in life or to do this or do that, like how many more and how many more people would they go on to impact and what would they invent? What would they create? And then what would the world look like as a consequence? Like mm. it's it I don't think it's possible for the human brain to really comprehend that. So yeah, like my goal literally is is looking on a on a global level in terms of its impact. Um yeah, so I don't know if that answers your question, but I guess, but yeah, my legacy is that I I want to leave the world better than I found it. Mm-hmm. No, that sounds really good. And it's very inspiring to hear. I was just thinking a lot about the sum of everything you said and, and putting it all together. I'd probably add another paradigm to the legacy aspect, okay. just based on, again, something that I've been reading recently. Mm-hmm. And I touched on it a bit in my last newsletter. I don't know if you read it. Signed up. I haven't, I haven't been able to read that one yet. Though. No, no worries. Yeah. Um, but it was a quote from Seneca. And again, I'm going to mash up the <laughs> paraphrasing. It's all good, though. But the essence is that we can be mistaken when we think of death as, and sorry, this is turning morbid. Uh, but so, <laughs> I wouldn't know where you're going, bro. Sure. So, <laughs> Um, being mistaken when we think of death as something in the far future. Mm. Um, and this is kind of flipping some of what we talked yeah, about yeah. on his head. Because I think it's important to think both ways. Definitely. Um, but this is more the idea that every day that passes is lost to death. And that death is a continuous process. Mm-hmm. And so my drawdown from that at the same time is also then in terms of legacy. Perhaps that legacy isn't just something that, I mean, on on one hand, as you mentioned, it extends beyond our lives, mm-hmm. but then at the same time, it's not just something that is a finite thing. Yeah. It's not just something where we get to a point and then it's like, oh, looking back, mm. but actually legacy is, you know, if we're not promised tomorrow, if we're dying every day, there's no guarantee that, you know, yeah. you'll even be here tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And in that case, your legacy is what you already have done oh, and it's what you that. do I guess every day yeah. to that extent. So just to kind of bounce off that. So mm-hmm. recently, like literally from the last like 10 days or so, like mm-hmm. a, a, one of the people that I had come and talk at my um, very first Dream Nation event. Um, so like I say, I brought in my friends and my peers that really inspired me. Um, he actually passed away uh, like in a car accident out in Ethiopia. And he honestly is one of the most amazing people that I've ever met. Um, and it was crazy to see the level of impact he's already had like he was he was 31 um like changed countless people's lives already within that short space of time and it felt it was really difficult and for me to process because i'm just like he had so much more to give if you know what i mean like this guy could legitimately could have been the future president of Ethiopia. like he's he's on them levels if you know what i mean um, he's one of the only people that if he asked me to follow him somewhere, then I would do it without hesitating. And I, I don't, I don't do that for most people. Do you know what I mean? Um, and yeah, it just made me realize that as much as he did have such a promising future of what he can go on to do, um, he had already, he like, he left it all on the table. So even though he did pass away at this age, he already had impact on so people's lives. Even my life, like he had such a huge impact on who the man that I've become today. And it's like, yeah, we don't have to, like you're saying, wait until this, this someday in the future. Like we should be doing, doing, leaving our legacies right now because honestly, tomorrow isn't promised to anybody. Mm. Yeah, man, I think that's a lot of 
from what I've heard is what you're doing. And that's kind of what made me think about it from that perspective right. is just that, you know, while you do have this end goal of mm. what you want to do, you're actively taking steps that, you know, the things that you've done even now so far are in line with that. And yeah. you're pushing not just yourself, but the circles, the concentric circles of people affected by your actions mm. towards that goal. Mm. And I think that is a big key. And that's something that's super important. And I know even for myself, it's been, especially quite recently, a big factor in driving a lot of the decisions that I make personally. Right. It's about the fact that, cause I know on a, in a very similar way, actually, mm. um, a few years ago, someone that I knew um, passed. And I think it just made me think that there are so many things that I've always thought I would love to do at some point in the, well, not even that I would love to do, that I'm going to do mm. at some point in the future. But my perception was always that, okay, so I'm going to do this for a few years and then eventually then I'm going to do that. Yeah. When actually, you know, doing that is something I can do now mm. and should do now, or at mm. least be taking steps towards whatever it is that I want to achieve. Yeah. And so almost every day I have to be taking positive steps to towards being who I want to become. Mm. And so that, you know, with every day I should be able to look back and see my legacy in that moment yeah and through the and it goes right down to every interaction that i have all mm. the people that i interface with the people that i talk to how i treat people the way i run business the way i act or work the way i do all of those things like mm. how do those form part of what i want what my vision for my world the world my life is yeah. mm -hmm. and so i think it's the community the cumulative uh process of yeah. putting all of those things together in order to reach that final goal yeah no i definitely agree with that bro you mentioned a lot about dream nation now mm -hmm. moving more towards being a tech company is yeah. that something that is starting from this year or is that just a bit further nah, down the line? it's already happening okay. like yeah things have been developed as we speak um yeah the ai that we have in mind is already slowly starting to take its place um so even for example um we have our our next gala um which is going to be taking place on the 4th of july um looking at about a thousand people there to attend that one massive networking event but one of the features that we're including in that now is uh we're going to be asking our guests to fill out these just a very short question questionnaire rather um to give us some information about who they are what they're looking for and stuff like that um, we're, we've also, we're building an algorithm right now that will then help connect that person to four to five other people that are attending the event to be like, okay, you know what, based on what you've told us, you really need to talk to this person, this person, and this person who are also going to be there. So it's on one side, looking at how we can use technology to enhance the things we're already doing. And the other side, it's okay. How can you use technology to do something that has never even been seen before? Mm -hmm. And yeah, so slowly behind the scenes, like all that stuff is already taking shape. So yeah that sounds really interesting yeah. um yeah definitely looking forward to it i should be able to make this one finally yeah, I hope so, right? also. listen i'm giving people plenty of time <laughs> so if anyone comes and tells me i oh, didn't hear about no, no, no. it especially with to be honest coronavirus is changing everyone's place so. <laughs> yeah no key, no i can't key. say i was out of the country <laughs> but yeah, sure, yeah but thanks for coming i really appreciate your insight and hearing a lot more about your journey and your goals and everything that you're trying to achieve Great, thank you. Now it's a pleasure to be here, and uh, yeah, honestly, keep doing what you're doing. Like uh, I'm loving the progress, and yeah, I just hope everything this continues to just elevate to new levels, bro. Sweet, Maggie. <laughs> Thanks, man. Take care, bro. Oh, appreciate it.
thank you so much for tuning in please do stay tuned for more don't forget to rate review and subscribe it really helps the podcast and follow me on twitter feel free to shoot me any thoughts see you next time me 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 but also you the pharaoh fast forwards his favorite foreign film powder donut Okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. Oh man, that's a tongue twister, huh? I'm sorry, I'm gonna need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous Walrus, the Bulbous Walrus. The Name Your Price tool, only from Progressive. The owl ran afoul of the comatose Coxswain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Oh, that's a cheer we used to do in softball. Uh, what? It's uh, actually Geico. Whenever someone hit a triple, we would wave our bats and yell, 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. But we never got to use it because we would only hit home runs. Annoying. The phrase is from Geico because they help save people money? Geico? Yeah, they were our team sponsor. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more.